Hello and welcome to the Team Defence Information Podcast. Uh, this week we're joined by Dr Ali Hawkes, uh, the Executive Director of the Common Mission Project. Uh, they are a UK-based charity working with the MOD in some exciting areas. Um, without stealing your sandwiches, Ali, would you like to tell us some more? Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Um, I am, as you say, the Executive Director of the Common Mission Project, which is a charity that runs the programme called Hacking for MOD. Um, and its sister program was originally started in the US and is called Hacking for Defense in the US. So what the program does or what the program is, is a master's uh, postgraduate course at universities across the UK. And we take teams of four to five master's students and we connect them with a government problem sponsor. And over the course of the semester, the students learn and apply lean startup principles towards solving a national security or defense problem. And the program was started at Stanford University in 2016 as a um, kind of a, a brainstorm between Steve Blank, who's the um, kind of leader of the lean startup movement and teaches entrepreneurship at the Department of Engineering at Stanford, um, and uh, Pete Newell, who's a retired colonel in the army um, with his last post running the rapid equipping force in Iraq, and Joe Felter, um, who is just recently the um, deputy assistant, the DASD, um, whose acronym I can't remember offhand, deputy assistant secretary of defense um, for South Asia. So what they wanted to do was to take their experiences, Joe and Pete's experiences um, in the military and join them up with Steve's expertise in entrepreneurship and lean startup and say, why can't some of our postgraduate students solve some of our toughest problems and bring some fresh thinking? So that's where the program came from. Um, and that's the program that we are running here in the UK as Hacking for MOD. Thank you very much. It's, it sounds like a very exciting project. I appreciate you're fairly fairly new in the UK. Have you got any success stories you could tell us about um, either in the UK or, or, or back to your sister organization in the States? Yeah, absolutely. So the success of the program, the core principles are really about experimentation and um, pivoting, right? So in Lean Startup, people, um, they really prize failing, but a lot of times they call it a pivot. So the success of our student teams um, working on national security or defense problems is really to get the most learning that they can. So that's really embracing the pivots or the failures as they work to validate a national security or defense problem. But we also have what we see as traditional successes. So those are student teams that come out of the course and have developed a minimum viable product in MVP. And they go on to form a company around their MVP and build this dual use solution to um, work with the government, US government or the UK government to solve their problem. So, you're right, we did launch uh, relatively recently in the UK in January of 2019, and we've done four courses so far um, at King's College London and Imperial College London. And some of the successes that have come out of those are, um, we had one team at Imperial College London that identified a solution pathway for their sponsor, who then went on to successfully secure innovation funding for further experimentation. This problem was sponsored by the um, Third World Logistics Corps. And their problem was around sensors in urban logistics. 
And so the amount of research and market research that the students did um, enabled the problem sponsor to really identify a solution pathway and then very quickly apply for this innovation funding and also reach out to DASA, the Defense and Security Accelerator, to understand how they could take it one step further. So we saw that definitely um, as a success. Uh, another team from the Defense Academy. So we've run Hacking for MOD on the Advanced Command and Staff course at the Defense Academy, uh, run for Lieutenant Colonels. One team was working on um, air control training. So it was, um, they need to develop preparatory cognitive training in order to increase course preparedness and the pass rate in air operations control courses. And this team um, did a, an incredible amount of work. I think they did over a hundred interviews with people over eight weeks. And they developed several solutions for the problem sponsor. And I just spoke with one of the students this week or this past week who said that the sponsor is now taking all of the solutions on board and trying them out, experimenting with them. So we very much see that as a su success. And then for the most recent course that just finished at uh, King's College London at the Department of War Studies, there was a team working on subjective intelligence uh, sponsored by the Royal Air Force. And they have gone on to form a company called Ox AI uh, from an MVP that they developed in class. And their original problem statement was intelligence officers need a systematic way to account for bias when aggregating data in order to increase confidence in the aggregated data. This student group also did an incredible amount of interviews and pulled from all of their backgrounds to start developing an AI application uh, to work with the UK government. So those are some successes that have come out of just being here um, 16 months. But in the US are some of our most successful teams. Um, uh, one is quite well known is Capella Space, which is a radar imagery company. Their original problem was synthetic aperture radar, uh, and now they work with governments on problems such as identifying illicit activity and responding to disasters by providing geospatial data analysis services. Uh, they were out of Stanford, out of the original Stanford class in 2016, and to date they've raised over 80 million, um, and they have launched satellites with SpaceX uh, Constellation launch last November. And the other success in the US that comes to mind is Lumini, uh, which is a student team that went on to also form a company. They were at Boise State University in 2017. And what they did was they created a wall penetrating radar sensor that uses pulse radar technology and signal analysis software to determine the approximate size, range and movement characteristics of a signal. Um, so they started um, where Capella Space went on to form a company and be very successful in ra raising money quickly. Lumini has mm -hmm. gone on to work with their problem sponsor by continuing to win grants, most recently 120,000 from the US Army to continue building their prototype. So those are some kind of offhand successes, both in the UK and the US. So how does Hack for MOD promote innovation in defense? So defense models for innovation are typically acquisitions based. So there's a predetermined solution in mind and a set of requirements that are tendered out to bid by traditional vendors. So how we promote innovation in hacking for MOD is to really understand the problem being solved and finding what we call product, product mission fit. So in the lean startup movement, that would be product market fit. Um, and that is really used to determine if the solution is feasible and viable to pursue. So what I've noticed in my experience, both in the US and the UK, is there's a lot of innovation in technology or finding new capabilities or kit that at first glance can seem like a great solution. 
but without a full understanding of the problem, that innovation piece of tech or kit is wasted money for the government. So I do see a lot of innovation being conflated with buying something um, that can move really fast or is brand new. But to me and how I understand innovation or organization is that innovation is when you deliver a solution to a validated problem um, to the hands of the user. And not only do they use it, they need it. And I think that's the gap that we see both in the US and the UK as well, that there are a lot of efforts being um, made to go to a more problem-led discovery and interrogation of the problem before requirements are developed. So the way the program is designed for the student teams to fully interrogate the problem and ensure it's not a symptom masquerading as a problem and that the problem becomes fully understood. And then the teams from there try to understand how could they develop a solution to the problem. And that's where things like Lean Startup, a minimum viable product, um, kind of low fidelity or high fidelity come in by the time that they're at the end of the course of 10 weeks. And it, the course also promotes innovation by building ecosystems around problems the government does not currently build. So the student teams are required to conduct 10 interviews a week over 10 weeks, and that includes industry, academia, and government. So at the end of the course, you get a group of people who are interested in the problem now all working together and aware of each other. And that's something that's really crucial to innovation is to have that ecosystem invested people around the problem that can enable it to be pushed through and pulled out of an innovation pipeline. So I really see innovation occurring here with Hacking for MOD by engaging these really bright UK postgraduates to bring fresh thought and experimentation to problems that may have been plaguing defense for years um, or to new and immediate problems. So the ability of the students to be inventive, creative, and outside of the box is the most exciting part of the course for me. And I've been able, had the opportunity to sit in um, at the Department of War Studies on the H4 MOD problem, uh, sorry, course, taught by um, Dr. Uh, Matt Moran and Dr. Susan Martin, who did a fantastic job. And the students came from all different backgrounds in terms of their studies. And some of them had never even um, really thought about the RAF before or thought about intelligence. Um, some problems were around recruitment and retention um, in the Navy, and they hadn't really given too much thought to defense, but they were really curious about the course and solving a real world problem. And they engaged with their sponsors. And when I sat in on a few classes, just the way that the students went about approaching their interviews and how they analyzed the information that they had was um, truly extraordinary. It was really exciting to see. And their problem sponsor was calling into every single class that were really dedicated. And I was getting feedback throughout the semester saying, gosh, these students are doing such an amazing job. They're doing things so differently. I never would have thought to do that. And then they're motivated to take and implement the potential solution that the students come up with. So that's where I see the real innovation happening in this program. So do you see a change in the students as well? I mean, taking them into a more sort of uh, entrepreneurial um, sort of project. Do you see that uh, a change in mindset from them beginning to end? Yeah, absolutely. So the students tend to have a low awareness or willingness to engage with defense or kind of the MOD in general when they come into the course. But I think the allure of working on, you know, kind of a national security or defense problem, a real problem um, is pretty interesting. And then at the end of the course, they become, they are the experts in this particular problem, having done, you know, close to 100 or if not more interviews. Uh, the students tend to spend an on average about 11 to 15 hours a week outside of class on this problem. And they're really learning to work together as a team and manage themselves um, kind of on this project. 
And so at the end of it, not only do they have an increased awareness and willingness to work with government and MOD and defense, um, but they're really excited about the methods that they learn from Lean Startup. And you know what I've heard uh, anecdotally is that they're going to continue to apply these methods but what we also see is the problem sponsors. So the government problem sponsors, by virtue of being in contact with the students on a weekly basis and, and helping them with the problem, they're also learning the methods that the students are using and they're calling into the weekly presentations and they're seeing these tools such as the mission model canvas. And the feedback that I've gotten from the problem sponsors is, I'm actually gonna use these methods and these tools in my own work. This has been incredible. So I think it's, it's really opening the aperture for different ways to solve problems for both university students and university faculty, as well as the government problem sponsors. There sounds some, some incredibly exciting projects. And um, so in terms of the, the, when you're engaging with the university, what sort of students are you talking to? Are they engineers? Are they, um, uh, you know, what sort of uh, uh, disciplines are they coming from? It really depends on the university. Uh, some universities are able to allow students from um, kind of across the university and different departments to take a course. And some universities, only students on a certain um, degree can take a course within that department. So the diversity of student background kind of depends on how the university is structured. But at a master's level, a lot of time the students are already diverse in background anyway. We tend to say that the most successful team would be um, a group of students where you have one engineer, um, a data scientist, a social scientist, um, and a business student. Because what we're really looking for is a diversity of thought to come together to apply these methods towards validating and solving a problem. Um, and in terms of, you've, you've mentioned a, a few bits of the UK MOD that you're, you're talking to and, and you're working with already. Is, is there specific areas that you, um, uh, that, that you target or, or are you sort of open to, to anybody um, in, in, from the defence side to, to, to collaborate with? Yeah, we're open to anyone and really welcome working with anyone that has a problem um, that they either experience or are familiar with um, and have the motivation to solve and want to work with students. So for the past problems that we've worked in the UK, we've worked with all of the single services um, and we've worked with in MOD. So at Imperial College London, one of the problem sponsors was from Defence Net Assessment. Um, so we kind of run the gambit across from defence and uh, really welcome anyone who wants to engage with the students. Do you ever come across any uh, security issues or, or clearance issues? Um, obviously, the, the, the projects you've mentioned sound um, fairly strategic and, and you can imagine there will be uh, protectively, uh, protective markings on some of the data, something like that. And um, do you have to put students through security clearance or are you able to declassify while still retaining the value of the data? That's a great question. We don't work on any classified problems. Um, so if there is a classified problem, um, we will work with the uh, either agency or organization to build an anal analogous problem for the students to work on. Um, but as a rule, we don't take anything classified. Um, so every problem that the students are working on is open source. Um, and the sponsor is really willing to engage with industry and academia and other parts of the government to um, you know, build an ecosystem to solve the problem. So actually having a classified problem means that you'll have less diversity of thought and it'll be much more difficult to be innovative towards getting a solution. Very good. Um, you've mentioned obviously uh, MOD and, and, and the universities. Do you engage with industry at all? How do they feature in, uh, in, in the work you're doing? 
Yeah, we absolutely do. So the teams have a industry mentor. So the team is, um, as I said before, four to five masters, a group of master students. They have the university faculty who are teaching them. They have the government problem sponsor who will be in touch with them once a week over the course and help guide them. Uh, we try to also get a, a government mentor, kind of a military mentor to help the student where the sponsor uh, might not have time or just not, might not be able to. And then we have an industry mentor. Uh, so we match the student teams to someone working in a similar uh, area and in industry to help the students understand how these problems are being solved outside of government. Very good. And um, you mentioned a couple of the universities you're, you're already working with. Are there any more on the horizon or, or, or since, since last year that you've uh, started working with? Yep. So we are, so as I said, we're working with King's College London. That was our first partner, uh, which was really exciting for us. And we launched with a pilot at the Defence Studies Department uh, in, in partnership with the Defence Academy on ACSC. Uh, we also are at King's College London in the Department of War Studies, at Imperial College London in the Institute of Security Science. And we're just about to launch with Oxford Brookes University in about six weeks with their AI Institute. And what we're doing with them is we're sourcing all of our problems from DSTL. So they'll be all AI problems. And we thought we would experiment and see how that works. Um, and then we're going into University of Portsmouth in the fall. And we have four more universities um, that will be onboarded. And due to kind of COVID and trying to see if we can run the course virtually, I won't name them because um, everything has changed a little bit. Um, so still confirming and working with them to get the course up and running. Um, but we'll be in four new universities in the fall. And then uh, the universities that we're current with, uh, King's and Imperial and Oxford, will rerun the course uh, in the following year as well. Brilliant. And, and so in terms of timescales, how long do the projects usually take or, or what's the ideal challenge that, uh, that you get faced? Is it, uh, is it you know, two months, six months? So we, we take a problem that someone is grappling with currently and we source the problems about three months before the term begins. So our organization will go out and um, ask various people for problems. So for example, we have a relationship with the Royal Navy and with Army Innovation, where we're going to experiment and try to do a problem sourcing seminar. So trying to get as many problems as we can in one day. And then our organization, we uh, will curate them. So we'll put them into a scopable format uh, to give to the universities and for the student teams to choose from. So that starts, that process starts three months before the course. Uh, and then the course, depending on the university, is anywhere between eight and 12 weeks. And then the students give a final presentation um, and they have done um, quite a lot of interviews. They're required to do 10 interviews a week over the term. Um, they do a presentation and they use a tool called the Mission Model Canvas. So all of that is available to the government problem sponsor um, after the course is over. And then we, our aim is to grow scale to 24 universities in four years. So ideally this course will be running um, across universities in the UK every single semester. So you can have a really good tempo of problems that are going through. As to the problem type, um, big strategic problems are very difficult for um, a student team to work on because the problems we're looking for, you would be able to identify a beneficiary. So a beneficiary is someone we define in Lean Startup as someone who would hug you if the problem is solved. Uh, and it's not always the end user. And then we have to have a really clear pain point um, as understood by the problem sponsor. So what pain is this problem causing them? And an understanding of what the desired outcome is. So 
big strategic problems of trying to understand, um, you know, kind of geopolitical issues or grand strategy uh, probably aren't suited for this course. But for courses that have, you know, for people um, at a, a major lieutenant colonel, colonel level um, using army ranks there, they're probably the best of problems that they feel or experience operationally or, um, you know, while they're in Whitehall and working on some issues. Thank you very much. That's very good. I mean, is there, is there anything else that um, uh, that you see um, that um, our listeners might be able to support you with? Is, is there anything you're short of? Do you need more mentors or do you need more projects? Yeah, well, we always need um, we always need problems. Um, and I have to say the services and the MOD have been fantastic and hugely supportive of this program. And they have gotten a lot out of it as being problem sponsors. So um, but we will always take more problems. I'm always happy to um, train more problem sponsors and um, obviously would love to speak to as many universities as possible to onboard them um, in the coming years and then uh, industry mentors so anyone in industry in the defense industry or tech um, or finance finance banking um, anything really is very welcome to match up to the student teams well, thank you very much. We look forward to hearing more and, and um, hopefully getting you back to, to the Physical Defence Information Conference next year and, and hearing some more success stories. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Thank you very much.